What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to the Go Dig a Hole podcast. This is your host, Chris Sims. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, This time of year, it's pretty normal for everybody to be pretty self-reflective and consider uh, things of the past and look forward to things in the future. And that's kind of what this episode is all about. Uh, We got the crew together with special guests Kate Ellenberger and Guthrie Straw. And we are bidding a final farewell to the StreamPDX Airstream. And while it doesn't mean the end of the Go Dig a Hole podcast, it does mean a lot of changes and new directions for us. So you're going to hear our thoughts on that. And this episode's kind of just catching up with each other. Um, It's nice for us as podcasters and friends and, you know, members of the archaeological community uh, to sometimes not talk about archaeology. So um, if you're looking for a deeper dive into archaeology, then just stay tuned for a future episode. We have a lot planned for you and a lot of uh, new energy moving into the new year. So hope 2020 is good for all of you. So I figured just to kick things off with um, a context of like who we are, uh, what we're all doing here. Um, this is the last time we'll probably ever be in the Airstream. Sad. You know, Sadness. I hope that it, uh, it resurrects in some form or another in the future because um, it's been a really cool place. But yeah. uh, I'm Chris Sims um, with Go Dig a Hole. And uh, we all kind of came together. Uh, to have one last hurrah uh, and just talk about like catching up with each other and what um, you know this place is uh, what the stream PDX airstream has been for us you know like it's been a, a community space for us and uh, you know that's how I met um, you know you guys and mm-hmm. and all that so I guess just kind of like go around and and say hi sure uh, so Kirsten Lopez here, also with Go Dig a Hole, um, and yeah, uh, so I think I started coming here with Chris, what, two and a half years ago-ish? It was. It, was a, it feels like a long time ago, and so I'm like, this it's going so sad. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's who I am, that's where I'm at, and uh, I guess I'll pass the pass the mic i'm guthrie straw uh and am co-host for part of a trio podcast which is the sprocket podcast um and we've been recording in this space for a good long while now i think since it's been here at uh open signal and one of the things that i think has been really nice about the trailer is as a small podcast um that is not like raking in the dough (laughs) you kind of (laughs) tend to treasure those spots that you can just kind of set up and not have to worry about things and so in that way uh this trailer has been a very very good home to us over the time that we've been able to spend there because um you have a place you show up you do great work and then you do the same thing next week so um yeah sad to see it go uh it's always kind of i think the fate of podcasts to have to switch around locations all the time but (laughs) we had a really nice go of it here (laughs) yes and uh 
you know, as the worm turns. So, um, yeah, big thanks to the folks who put the trailer together and have had it available for this amount of time. We hope to find a cool spot to keep doing our work in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm Tia with Go Dig a Hole, and I haven't been recording here for very long, um, but I knew uh, Kristen and Chris from just being archaeologists in the same region. Mm -hmm. And when you guys invited Tip and I on, it was... Like I listen to podcasts like religiously, constantly, and then to come and be on one, and it was like, this is why people do podcasts. It's like addicting. <laughs> yeah. It's super fun. Yeah. The space is quintessential Portland. Like I don't think you could record a Portland podcast in a better place. Um, but yeah, it's really cool, and I'm excited for all the podcasts that record here to move to different spaces, but hopefully move up into better podcast worlds and bigger and better not that the airstream wasn't great but yeah, yeah. onwards and upwards <laughs> <laughs> and moving the mic <laughs> um yeah i'm katie tipton or tip or tipton or i don't know identity crisis again <laughs> but um, i'm with go dig a hole and uh, i'm on the same page as tia uh, we were invited to we were interviewed originally and actually yeah. wasn't expecting to be a part of this more which is actually exciting so i love how it organically grew and that the airstream was our home that we got to grow in yeah. with full of love yeah <laughs> love and light yeah. um so yeah it's been great being on this and i hope the new spaces work out well for everyone and that we can maybe move into a, a different space and see how that goes for yeah. us yeah yeah one of the things i really enjoyed about this space um as mentioned, quintessentially Portland. So I, when speaking, I picked up a habit a number of years ago of my eyes tend to wander. And I can tell you there is so much cool, random shit to look at in this place. <laughs> and it feels like it's constantly changing. Um, but there's always like, you know, the regular stuff that's here all the time, like the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon book, um, <laughs> the unicorns. And the sound insulation taped to the ceiling. So uh, there's and like the weirdest spots. Like, oh, <laughs> does it <yeah>. keep growing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's super fun. Um, it's been really neat uh, meeting other podcasters and podcasts crossing paths and switching, uh, passing the keys and um, the space usage because uh, it tends to be pretty tight, which is why I'm kind of surprised that it's leaving our presence but um yeah it's uh it's been really fun and it's hard to really imagine having a another cool go-to place um for some of you have listened to actually do another podcast and uh that is done remotely through uh several uh female archaeologists across the world and we're all in different time zones um and so I get to do that out of my office, which is a nook off of my kitchen, which is, of course, a high traffic area. And there are hilarious moments of like people trying to use the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> my daughter, like unloading the dishwasher as quietly as possible and the mic still picking up. Um, so it's, it's really nice to have a place to come to and hang out and just really huddle down um, and have the equipment here and I don't have to set it up every time I need to use it. Um, I mean, there's a small element of setup, but it's pretty, pretty basic. So it's, it's been good. 
Yeah. Like Tia said, um, you know, it, it, the whole like, this is the reason why we podcast. Uh, I think it was, I forget when, when it was, but uh, Kirsten and I worked on, you know, various uh, attempts at trying to Skype people in while we were here yeah. in the Airstream and to varying degrees of success because of con connection issues and stuff. Um, and eventually we just kind of decided, I don't even think we really had much of a discussion about it. It was just like we organically decided, you know, it's just going to be us hanging out here in the Airstream <laughs> and we're yeah. going to forget the headaches of trying to Skype people in and, oh, yeah. you know, maybe uh, whatever the new iteration is, uh, we'll bring that back. But that's been kind of the interesting dynamic here for mm -hmm. the past couple of years or so is has been it's just the the same folks or some constellation of the same folks um you know just catching up with each other and talking about stuff and exploring different topics and uh and all that um are guthrie are you all moving to x-ray i saw you and i were cc'd on an email earlier yeah. this week i didn't get a chance to go did you uh i did i, I went yesterday actually nice. Um, and it was funny that you mentioned the Skype stuff because I specifically asked them, like, how easy is it to, to pipe a Skype call into here? <laughs> like, don't worry, the internet's good. <laughs> nice. um, yeah, so we're, we're uh, in between, like, two different choices right now. Um, I don't know how much I can say on the air, but there's a bike shop which has very generously also offered us some space. Um, so we might get to like keep it super Portland by recording our bike show in a bike shop, <laughs> nice. uh, which would be very exciting. Yeah. Um, so we're we're having uh, we're doing our 500th episode recording on Saturday with our good friend Tim Mooney, who runs a podcast out of uh, Washington D.C. And we're like, all right, well, we have to decide by the end of the night because <laughs> it won't be here to come back to if we don't make that choice. Yeah. So, um, I think we're. I think there's pros and cons to both spaces. I think both of them would also work out great. Uh, we just haven't pulled the trigger on that decision quite yet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can say that X-Ray was pretty swell. Uh, Chase, who's the fellow who holds that ship together, um, was a pleasure to talk to. And I think there's a lot of great things that they're doing there. So I was um, very appreciative of him taking the time to show me the studio last night. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to say hi to Tim for me. It was a real pleasure meeting him yeah, uh, that's when right. we did the Palooza mm. gathering. Uh, and his, his podcast is pedal shift and, uh, .net. .net. He, does, <laughs> he does some really cool stuff. Uh, he was out here and he, uh, was bike packing with a uh, pretty minimal setup. He went, uh, all the way down, uh, one Oh one from Portland. And, uh, nice. it was surprising. I was like, I just assumed I've never bike packed before. And so I just assumed like, Oh, you need like a serious hardcore setup to go bike packing. And it was like, kind of set up the way I load up for my daily commute here in town. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah. okay, it really breaks down some barriers like mentally for me yeah. to be like, oh, I could just go out and have a weekend adventure for a little bit. That'd be, yeah. yeah. I've seen some really cool setups and um, I've had a few friends that do a lot of bikepacking and to me that's so incredibly like just overwhelming to think about <laughs> intimidating <laughs> i've done some bike commuting but i've also been going to grad school in uh corvallis which is 88 miles away yep. literally <laughs> like i know the number <laughs> exactly so yeah i'm not quite in the shape i used to be and so the idea of cycling up a mountain 
is a little a little intimidating. Mm-hmm. This last uh, summer, I did some work with the Forest Service, and I remember going to a site and seeing on one of the forestry roads a bike packer, individual human going up like a dirt road on a bike, a gravel road on a bike that was loaded down, and I was. Like, oh my goodness, this is a long way up right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like kudos to that guy. <laughs> my dad used to be a competitive cyclist back in Denver. And he, on his weekend, like casual Damn. bike ride, he would ride up to the top of Mount Evans. Oh. And just like on the road, man, he's just like, I'm going to go ride Mount Evans. Just like, <laughs> cool. Was, just, yeah. I'm going to. Do that no too. Big deal. Yeah. No big deal. This is just his casual, or he'd like bike from Littleton to Fort Collins, which is like driving in the car. It's like two and a half hours, and he'd just bike it on the weekend, and would just randomly show up when I was in college, and he'd be like, "Hey, I biked up here." <laughs> and then when I was in high school, he just decided he had his best friend's dad died of. Um, ALS mm-hmm. um, and so he my dad rode across country on his bike he rode from California to New Jersey wow. in a month and just like that blows my mind it was the most incredible thing it was mind blowing like wow. I don't get like my dad has a certain kind of like person like you have to have a certain kind of personality to be able to pull that off because mm-hmm. I'd get like 10 miles in in California be like cool I'm done like I'm good I don't I don't need to do this anymore but he was like riding across like uh, Death Valley and stuff his Sheesh. like tires were melting mm. on the road so wow. he was like you just kind of have to keep going so it doesn't like stick but yeah. playing, playing lizard feet with your tires <laughs> yeah, <basically. laughs> but yeah awesome. it was he's a very impressive mm. man yeah. And it's crazy. my mom would always pick on him because, like, you burn so many calories doing that. Like, you basically can't, like, feed yourself enough. And my mom picked on him. She's like, you've lost your ass. <laughs> like, he just, she's like, you used to have one. And he was so upset by that. He was like, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. I think, like, what I like about cycling is that you can engage with it at pretty much any level. Like, yeah. uh, there's a... Um, gal in town who her catchphrase is like uh you know one foot in front of the other and Mm. it's very similar like whether you're going up you whether you're riding across the united states on a bike or whether you get on a bike and you go get groceries every other week or something like that like it's nice because it's the type of machine that meets you where you're at always and you can take that you know as far or as close as you want to do so exactly Um, it's all good (laughs) (laughs) But always remember to check your tires when the ch- seasons change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> so yeah. There's one of the things like I'm always for whatever reason, when the seasons change, whether it gets warmer or cooler, I get inspired to ride more. Okay. But it's usually after I haven't been on the bike in like a month. <laughs> so I pull it out and I'm like, okay, let's end the tires flat. Okay. We're uh, gonna have to back up and like <laughs> deal with that part. <laughs> yeah. That's like a that's something that I like wonder about when i'm biking in portland is like when i see folks with super low tires like i'm always trying to find the like most polite way to like help them be safer but not to imply that they don't like know that their tires flat perhaps yeah yeah. so it's like i'm sure you've noticed this um i just happened to see that your tire was a bit low 
I have a bike pump if you want, but like if if, no if you already know about it, like, it's, it's all good. Like we can both just keep riding, and like we've never had this conversation. It's like some people are like a bit standoffish about it. Oh really? I, like they're like, no, I know my bike, and and then they get home and they're like, oh, I've got a flat tire. Yeah, it's like um, oh dang. Yeah, but it, like. I don't know. I used to work at a bike shop, so you see these types of things come in so much, and I'm just like trying to. I guess I'm just trying to prevent people from having to like yeah. have a maintenance breakdown or something. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they do change with the weather. This yeah. this time of year would be the time. Yeah, yeah. It's always a sad moment when I see someone carrying their bike home. Mm. <laughs> I've seen it a few times, like over their shoulder, and I'm like. Oh, buddy. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure there's a bike shop pretty close to where you're at. There's, like, one on every other block in this town. That is the good thing about <laughs> Portland in that way. Yep. God, that sucks ass. <laughs> I like you're dying over Just, here. Just, like, it's the funny. image of, like, going out and being like, I'm on a bike home. And it's like. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're just like <laughs> sadly carrying your bike. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> so, as the turn of the seasons, anything new going on other than the change of the the tires and the airstream? Um. So, as sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I was like. Coming from... I got a cat. Let's talk about both, but let's talk about that. Yeah, you, you got the... No, like, cat, cats are awesome. Cats are vet. Yeah, go. Okay, well, it's, it's... I actually got her in September, so I don't know why I'm like, I got a cat. Let's talk about it. I haven't seen you guys since you got the cat. Let's have cat chat. Anyway, my hand is uh, very, she likes to bite. Does oh, anyone have stage. any um, advice? She could, yeah, she's seven months. Oh, yeah. I think she's part minx and <laughs> she's already like 10, 15 pounds. Wow. Yeah, that <laughs> she comes up the stairs huge. and she looks like a bodybuilder. Oh, yeah. Coming um, up the stairs. So she's very built. Lemon juice on your hands. Oh, okay. The hate, excuse me. Yeah. Um, bitter. Yeah, and acidic fruits like oranges as well. They'll not like. Huh. What, yeah. um, in what contexts or environments has she bitten you in? Um, it's more when she's playing. Uh-huh. So, mm-hmm. you know, trying to swap that out with toys because mm-hmm. she'll go for the hand. You're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no. You can bite this, but not mm. not my hand. I'm treating her like a dog right now, probably. Yeah. No, that's exactly. The, they, yeah. um, a really good resource is Kitten Lady on okay. YouTube. That's the one I've been like really with, obsessed with. with Momo. <laughs> yeah. But she's really great at being like, if you. Like, not even if you know that you're doing it, like, your hands being used in play, they automatically associate the hand as a toy. Mm-hmm. It's raining. Yeah, it's, it's finally so cool. raining. Oh, in the season's changing. changing. <laughs> it's raining. It makes us so happy. I don't know about... Yeah. Okay, I didn't oh, want to, like, assume. Oh, you're good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> little Portlanders. Here. I was every, like, because we had nice weather basically all winter up to this point, I was like, yeah. I hope it does rain at some point because <laughs> we could kind of use that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, cats and hands. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. yeah, so she's been a little bit biting and attacking, like, the feet. Mm-hmm. She mm. likes to follow. She loves water. Like, oh, she will get hilarious. in the shower with you. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, like, not in, but she'll hang out in between the curtains. Oh, yeah. And then she'll fall in and freak out <laughs> and then get back on. And you're huh. just like, well. Is she part Bengal? I don't know. Okay. She's um, she came from the cat adoption team in Sherwood, so mm. um, they said she was she's a Torby or whatever, so part Tabby, part Tortoise Shell. 
Oh, oh. Interesting. Yeah, it's a weird coloration, really pretty, but um, we have no idea. And they're like, other than that, <laughs> it's like ru- cat roulette. Yeah. And torties tend to be really like spirited, oh. very personality, like lots of personality kind of cats. They've- yeah. She does parkour really well. <laughs> yeah. She's really good at it. Nice. So I also hmm. got a new kitten. Or I know. Yeah, a cat did. Yeah, it's <laughs> a kitten season. So Robert and I, Momo is wonderful and perfect, <laughs> but he's not a cuddly cat. Like he doesn't like to like lay with you. He lays in your general vicinity, and like when he lays next to my leg, like everybody gets a text message about it because I'm like <laughs> he's cuddling with me. Nice. <laughs> so it's my boyfriend is really wanting one that's like really cuddly because he likes having something on his lap um so i was simply mentioning to my mom who lives in texas i was like you know we're looking for a cat <laughs> like two days later she was like the two girls that i tutor their cat had kittens do you want one <laughs> and i was like i mean no because i can't I can't get her. And then my mom like sent a picture of her like holding her next to her face and she's like, What about now? She's really cute. She's perfect for you. And so I showed her to Robert and Robert's like, Oh my god, I need that cat. So my mom yes. adopted this cat, so she's been fostering this little baby. Uh so we get her over Christmas. We'll oh, be nice. flying out on twenty the twenty first if we get her then. Nice. But Ooh. she looks a lot like Willow, minus the white. Like but she, my mom sends me like picture updates about her like <laughs> daily. That's and today, fun. apparently, she found a hole in the cupboards in the kitchen and she just like hung out in this like cupboard just by herself in the back. And I just like imagining that cats, when they do that, they just sit there and they think about like deep cat thoughts. Mm-hmm. Just like, hmm, do some serious pondering. It's like a cat deprivation chamber. Yeah. Oh, there She's you go. She's just like yeah. floating in the dark, like, <laughs> thinking deep. Deep thoughts. That's awesome. Hmm. Oh man, life at two cats. It's a different. It's a different world. It's like triples the everything. Yeah, fingers crossed that her and Momo get along. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good luck. Well, I feel like at the the age difference, like the younger one definitely has an opportunity to socialize towards, but like. Yeah, it'll be interesting because if you have like a standoff-ish cat, sometimes the cat can just like totally be like, oh, I'm not going to be that way anymore and like yeah. fall into line. Mm-hmm. And then other times they're like, ooh, something's getting attention that's not me. And yeah. I like already held that attention at arm's length, but now I'm really going to make you know it. So yeah. you gotta, it's a, a ladder to climb. Yes. <laughs> Fingers crossed. It doesn't uh. eat her. <laughs> hmm. Yes. Yeah, we've got, so I have two, um, one is older than the other, but we got them at the same time. The older one was full size, about a year old, and the uh, the second was a kitten. Bring them home. Only like four months later, uh, something changed. So one of the reasons we got both cats was so that the older one could kind of, and bigger one, she could teach the younger one, you know, how to cat, you know, show them what's up, how to behave. Mm-hmm. And the kitten outgrew the adult cat at like <laughs> six months old. <laughs> and he is, so we named him Anakin <laughs> because he's sweet and kind and very lovey. However, he jumps at his own shadow and bullies his sister. <laughs> so he will sit on her 
or used to. This hasn't happened in a while, but they'll like fight, like you know, play fight like cats do. And when they he gets done with it, he'll just sit on her, and she's small enough as a small black cat. She just hisses, and I can't do anything about it. It's the saddest. The most hilarious sort of <laughs> dynamic so it's you never know what you'll get when you get two together so it's i had something completely different in mind than a really bizarre brother sister <laughs> torture relationship there was <laughs> a um there's a study by a researcher at ufo that got a little popular on youtube a couple months ago and basically it was like confirming that cats have personalities uh, uh, yes. and she's like offering all of these tips to people uh so like if you're at an adoption shelter like spending half an hour or like some amount of time with different cats so that you can kind of see like if your personality starts to match with your cats mm. um and and like stuff like that because she's all about like adoption of kitties and then like because like I don't know I always grew up around cats and dogs and a lot of animals so like I feel like cats will teach you what's okay and what's not okay especially if you're a young kid and they'll teach you very firmly um, yes but like there's definitely like if you've never super socialized with a cat before you might have like preconceptions that aren't actually how cats work and so you have this mm -hmm. like communication breakdown between <laughs> yourself and the species sometimes yes. <laughs> yes. that's happening with my partner right now he's treating our cat like a dog and he'll kind of like give her commands and i'm like that's no you just literally you have to pick her up and just because she'll go into the fridge she she's like polar bear too so um he'll be like no willow don't go in the fridge as she's crawling in the fridge i'm like don't pick her up and get her out of the fridge like let her know that's that's not okay and he's just like willow what are you doing come here willow and she's just like i don't i don't know oh, what no. to do with you they they do learn pretty quickly though so if you shut the door I have. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have done that on her, and she'll. She seems fine with it. That's so unfortunate. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the deprivation chamber. Yes. Yeah, she's just like yes. Your cat sounds like my sister's cat. Yeah, Louie is a a gorgeous long-haired orange and white cat who washed up in Hurricane Harvey wow. <laughs> in Texas. Oh, wow. And my sister got him completely like flea-ridden. Like, oh. so he was, like, one and, like, covered in fleas and, like, twitchy <laughs> and weird. And now he is, like, he's insane. Like, he, my sister has tried everything to get him to stop doing stuff. And he loves water. He loves hot sauce. He could give a shit about oranges. <laughs> oh. Like, Whoa. she's tried to put hot sauce on shit and he'll just sit there and lick it. Nice. And oh, he, wow. like, pulls like food <laughs> out of your mouth. Like, you'll go to eat something and he will just snag it, like, right out of your mouth. And he, he's the funniest cat ever he's got such a big personality and the teeny tiniest little meow like mm. when he gets really angry at the dog it's this like <laughs> <laughs> and he's like this really fluffy thing and it's just really <laughs> he's not intimidating at all yes <laughs> but he so i guess basically what i'm saying is good duck <laughs> thanks we got her a harness so we're taking her outside adventure cat yeah so we're trying and she's actually liking it she doesn't like fall down dead in the harness so it's, it's not a, a drag yeah she'll but she'll sniff everything so we've gotten about five feet out our door right now it's, yeah <laughs> sounds just right. like part dog she's just like what's this what's this there's plants everywhere yes our cat uh was fostered with huskies the first uh four weeks of its life and 
uh, Nick Callis the cat is 11 years old now, but never lost the tail wag. Uh, so like you, oftentimes with cats, you can tell like, oh, your tail is wagging. You are angry. But for him, it's just like a state of being. Uh, so, like you learn to read other cues. Um, yeah. He, he keeps like, I think all the best parts of a dog and then like the best parts of the cat to make this wonderful <laughs> amalgamation. Nice. Nice. Once upon a time, I was a cat dad too, and I had two cats, Honey and Panda. And uh, when Tipton was talking about an adventure cat, here's a photo of my cat. Oh, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll post yeah. this. Did you show this to us? I can't remember if I showed okay. it to you, but uh, there she is camping in a tent in Moab, that is Utah. Adorable. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That, she's oh, need all your secrets of how you did this cuz this is where we want to get to with yeah. with Willow. Eventually they uh her and Panda got so good at um like hiking on leash that they were better on leash than most dogs I've ever had. There's her and her harness. Oh, oh goodness <clears throat> gracious. Yeah. But now I have two very big dogs. <laughs> Uh, so life's, but they're adorable. They are. I love them. <laughs> life's very different um, with two very big dogs than with two cats. And one is uh, Baloo is a, a two-year-old uh, border collie German Shepherd mix, and he's very border collie. Like he, mm -hmm. he loves to be in the room with you, watching what you're doing, and he'll hang out like next to you, but he doesn't really want to be on you and snuggle. And Artie is a six-month-old gigantic something um <laughs> it looks kind of like a lab he's got yeah. some kind of like lab um yeah. and the vet said that he uh, might be part great dane because of the way oh. he's tracking for size and weight Dang. um so he's 60 pounds <laughs> at six months old wow. and he could double in size um, <laughs> he's big <laughs> he was so little when you got him yeah. he, was he was just a little guy um he was he was 10 pounds when we got him so he's <laughs> Six times bigger than we got him. Um, <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. No, that was three months ago. Oh, geez. Uh, so, yeah, he's all legs, and he likes to snuggle, and he likes to lick your face aggressively, and uh, he likes to, in the morning, when he knows that I'm like awake enough to respond to him, <laughs> he'll kind of stretch out as long as he can and like start to steamroll over me <laughs> and then just like get on top of me and just like throw his legs everywhere and so it's kind of like my first waking moments every day are like trying to shield my face from getting <laughs> punched with puppy paws we, we have a visitor oh perfect timing a visitor. what's paws paws Hey, Kate. Hey, it's Kate's favorite subject. You're going to slip right into this conversation oh, yeah. perfectly. This couldn't be a better segue. <laughs> it's cats? It's cats. To catch Kate up to speed, uh, it's such perfect timing that Kate's here for cat chat. So um, among many other things, we started talking about cats and... Um, uh, Katie Tipton has a Torby kitten, and uh, we we went around, and uh, then I mentioned that once upon a time I, I was a cat dad, and so we shared some cat photos, and I just finished telling them about my two gigantic dingus dogs. Um, yeah. yeah. The one of them who has the most drool of any mammal. Uh, Baloo oh, is a very drooly that. dog. Uh, so, Kate, how about you introduce yourself and uh, join us for cat chat? 
so am I supposed to introduce my cats then too? Yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Kate. Uh, Dr. Kate, I guess you could say. Mm. Well, it's happened since I last was on Chris's podcast, so I have to say it. Um, it took yeah. a long time. Um, thank you. Uh, I have two cats. I, should I say what I am, or is the cat the main thing? I'm an archaeologist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the cat that my cats are named Fiona. She's 13 and a half, and I got her in college. Um, she's like my supervisor kind of cat. Like she's been waking me up a lot lately and poking me gently and staring at me judgmentally. Um, <laughs> that's her job that she thinks she has. Um, she. I don't know if you guys know who Judge John Hodgman is. Do you know who no. John Hodgman is? Anyway, <laughs> podcaster and internet celebrity, uh, John Hodgman. I I intern Instagram lived my cats. He does something called Get Your Pets, and we chat with the pets. And she showed him her trick and judged him. And I was like, I'm sorry, she's scowling at you. And <laughs> and, uh, and he liked my other cat, Strudel. Because she has unusual coloring, quote unquote. She's mostly white with like random splotches of black, and she's only mm. two. Um, and she was at a cat shelter that I was working at, and nobody wanted her because she was so shy, and I didn't like her. I actually liked her sibling, and then he got adopted without her, oh, and she hated no. me. And she always, yeah, she always looked like she was afraid you're gonna kill her, <laughs> and she makes this horrible like neck face i don't know how to describe it like like cringing at you um and she doesn't do it as much now but it's been a lot of a lot of effort. she's adorable yeah you know, thank you she has a tiny white dot at the end of her black tail so that's what most people notice and that she doesn't come out when other people are there usually is mm. also noticeable yeah. so yeah that's that's my cat's Nice. Yeah, Strudel's been screaming at me when I stand up because she likes to sit on my lap. So that's her <laughs> probably her funniest thing that she does. Fiona stares and Strudel screams like Chris's dog Artie, except slightly less loud. He chirps. He yeah. chirps like a songbird. Can we hear like? Uh, can we hear something of like? Can, can you? Oh, I was gonna hope that you would make it. Yeah. It's a very loud sound. Let me see if I can find a, a video on my <laughs> phone. <laughs> Baloo is also like they couldn't be more different. Like Baloo is very good, very gentle, very majestic. Yes. Um <laughs> like he behaves at restaurants. Yeah. Like he he is so good at bars. <laughs> um Artie's not. We went to breakfast with our friend <clears throat> Annalise when she was moving and Artie was there but Baloo wasn't and Chris was like had a, like a little baggie of treats <laughs> and was trying and he was really little at the time so he was like extra bad. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't actually that bad but more it was like more that. it was just more like can someone let Chris eat please? <laughs> uh, he was also three months old at the time, so he it, it, I think it was like his second time out in public ever. Uh, he likes to do parkour against people <laughs> we should yeah. my, cat, my cat my yeah. cat and uh, Artie should uh... <laughs> they should meet they, they should hook up like 50 pounds though <laughs> what, how much? he's about 60 pounds my, yeah my cat does not care my partner is oh. more anyway it, more than 60 pounds and she's ready to take him on any day nice she's, like across the face <laughs> <laughs> 
Two weeks ago, I called him my 50-pound fur missile, but now he's 60 pounds. Because <laughs> uh, he will launch at you full speed from across the room. Like, wow. let's say you just opened the door at Chris's office. <laughs> and you're going to have a meeting. <laughs> and, and then he says, are you ready? <laughs> and then already is bouncing off your chest within seconds. I feel like this comes from personal experience. Yesterday. <laughs> nice. I don't. I don't have any problem with it, but you should know that. <laughs> Momo has taken to, uh, we just got three, <clears throat> um, like wicker laundry baskets mm. that line up next to my bedside table. So Momo jumps on top of there and like, we'll lay there for a little bit, but then he'll walk over, he'll sit on my bedside table and then he'll just stare at me. Yeah. And then he walks on the bed across me, like walking deliberately on my body, mm -hmm. and then on Robert's body, and then he goes and sits on Robert's bedside table and stares at Robert. <laughs> and apparently, while I was gone last week, <clears throat> Momo decided to sit there and then gently, just slowly, reach out his paw, very slowly, and kind of just keep it near his face, but not actually touch him, just like shaking and like have his little fuzzy toe beans, like Aww. touch Robert's face. And then Robert was like, was he'd wake he'd up. Fall asleep? <laughs> yeah. sounds just like I was telling you. And then Robert would like wake up and Momo goes, meow. <laughs> and then just stares. And it's not like a, like a relaxed stare. It is like a full, <laughs> it's a full, you need to feed me. Death. <laughs> Yeah, but then when you do, Death. they don't eat it. They're, they, like, half of it is like, you're off the schedule. Yes. <laughs> outraged. Our, um, one of, so we have two. One of them just wants to be pet, and you're off the schedule. You should be up petting me at this point. Is this the stripey one? No, the black one. Oh, the stripey one. The one that I love. Yes, Annie. He, yeah, he's his own character. So he's the one that will try and wake up my daughter she has all of the cat things in her room because <clears throat> they're her cats um so he'll wake her up by like pawing at her hair <laughs> and trying to get her attention and he will want food you can feed him but until you shake the bowl he won't eat it mm. it's you like do everything the same every day yeah, it's really an interesting <laughs> thing. And then Shade, the black cat that we have, is aggressively lovey in specific locations of the house. So in our bedroom, which is off the kitchen, if you walk by the bed or are sitting on it, you will get headbutt. Like, not subtle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In the kidneys, if you're sitting on the bed, usually is how that happens, or otherwise, in order to get pets, and she can be, yeah. Cats are all about the, like, power. Yes. The, the dynamics. Yeah. Yes. Trading for food or otherwise <laughs> attention. Yes. I think I found uh, Artie chirping, so let me see if this is the one. Oh. Love that sound. <laughs> it's a tiny wine. Yeah. He, also, he also snaps his teeth together, which I learned at the dog park when I went with them to the dog park and experienced dog culture. 
this was like a wilder version of dog culture than you have in a suburb where like the dogs kind of can't run that fast. These dogs had a like a Thunderdome style sand pit situation. Oh wow! Yeah, which and, dog park nice. was this? Uh, it was a thousand acre dog park, uh, okay. Oxbow Regional Park. Oh, oh gotcha. Uh, so there's each, an area they each that's have to take a dog. <laughs> yeah, there's an area that's just this massive off-leash dog park, and uh, for Artie, it's great because it's the best way to wear him out is just to let him sprint like a wild yeah. man. And <laughs> so that, like Kate was explaining, there's this massive sand pit, and it's like all the dogs go bonkers in the sand pit, and so they get to it, and it's oh, wow. it's got these like banked sides, and it's it's pretty big. It's it's like I couldn't even think of like what an estimate like maybe 30, 30 feet, feet in diameter yeah. uh and it's you know got a good you know concave shape to it so the dogs just run a circuit around it oh wow and they get the zoomies and so <laughs> other dogs start chasing each other around the sand pit and so there's just like sand flying dogs flying and yeah it's pretty nice. wild i like when dogs just decide that they're going to join another pack yeah like they're like well uh <laughs> your wife ha had her hand in her pocket and so a certain dog came over and thought that it, she had treats and so was like well oh. i'm joining these guys and this is my people now mm -hmm. and it was like a black dog so it kind of fit with the group and so i was like wait 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 which is the where's the correct where's the correct dogs and then there was this whole thing with like the people faking out each other's dogs to get them to go to the correct owner by thinking they threw a ball or had a treat oh. and it was like oh wow this is a whole like i'm I'm an anthropologist, so this is like what I'm watching is like the grumpy dog walking lady who has one really old dog that stays by her side. Mm -hmm. And we're all looking at that dog like, oh, what a sweet dog. And all the other ones are like biting each other and <laughs> screaming and jumping. It's almost like children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't, I don't think, uh, well, I guess I don't know if, if uh, the majority of people let their children bite other children, but it, when I was growing up, I was mostly by myself, so I don't know. Back in the good old days. Yes. It wasn't always allowed, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Okay. Especially when you get lots of cousins in one place and the adults adulting. I have two cousins, that's why. Yeah, no, I have... Yeah. I've, well, it's changed over time, but when I was a kid, I think the max was 26 cousins, and now there's 34, something like that. You're fertile. No, not me. All of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, none. No one had more than four kids. There's, there's, you act so like four is little. <laughs> I'm just trying to do the math here. My <laughs> yeah, no, my my dad's family. Four. There were nine of them as kids, so that generation just okay, the post <laughs> post uh well the baby boomer generation mm. the, the post um uh like the 1940s early 50s mm -hmm. yeah the land of prosperity the land of prosperity well yeah i mean they were dirt poor and nine kids in a three-bedroom house mm. they just go outside like kids yeah. go outside and play. You don't well, really need three rooms. No, exactly. Yeah, my I mean, mom it didn't was... have plumbing or any of that stuff. I yeah, it was like whatever. <laughs> All the four daughters went and lived in the attic on one mattress where it had no heat. Nice. And the son had his own room because he was the son. Yeah, of course. But they only had three bedrooms. So well, it's it's always divided by sex too, or often that I yeah. I find. So you know, there were I think. 
four brothers, five sisters, I think. <laughs> um, so yeah, there was a Jack and Jill bathroom, and they were on either side. Very, um, what mine, what one might say, uh, uh, Brady Bunch style, but it was they were all they, there was no step parenting involved, and it was a very small house. So, but it was a farm, so there was definitely like lots to do. Yeah. So. My parent, uh, or my mom who lived on a farm, my dad didn't, he lived in suburbia. They always talk about how they, like every family had like one cow, like one dog and one cow, they would just one like dog. send them out. How many and chickens? Like, oh, I don't know. I think we only, <laughs> yeah, I, I only ever heard about the chickens that lost their lives to coyotes. That's <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. the, the version of the weather at my grandma's house was like, there's a raccoon out there now. and. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do and how many kittens got born this season. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not careful about that, you'd soon enough end up with a few chickens. So it's yes. it's real very relevant talk. <laughs> yes. Uh, a friend of mine actually here in Portland had several chickens and oddly enough, it was, I believe, eagles that were eating her chickens. Whoa. Nice. <laughs> so she was like out in St. John's. This was a number of years ago. She's like, you wouldn't believe it. I had to pick up pieces of a bird or a chicken the other day because this bird got into the hen house. And I'm like, what kind of bird are you talking about? And she later saw it was a, a large eagle of sorts. Huh. And I'm like, that is both devastating and hilarious at the same time huh. like not versus like around where i live there's a lot of coyotes and mm-hmm. they'll get the cats especially yeah so that's a big problem i don't know if i'd call it a problem i mean it's a problem if it's your cat yes it's a problem if it's your cat that's why my cats are indoor only because otherwise the cats eat songbirds so there's mm-hmm. yeah we're that's venturing into a discussion yes, on like yes. introduced <laughs> um, species, species, and then we're yes. yeah. So that's a whole other thing. But Portland does not have the rat plot problem of a lot of urban areas because of the coyotes. So hmm. people who complain about the coyotes, I'm like, well, you know, Do you want rats. This is how you get rats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did anyone else see the? I know Chris saw it. You said eagle, and I just like went back in my mind to something I saw earlier today that I can't. Nope. You don't. You don't want me to say it. No, you can say it. Then. Um, it was <laughs> a. Don't, don't want to think about it. It was anymore. a video of a giant octopus with its clutches around a bald eagle. Why? And some, and it was on North Vancouver Island. Like a fisherman, like fried oh, really? the octopus limb off of, I don't know the right term limb off of the <laughs> eagle and then the eagle's like blinking and then like goes and flies away and I was like Whoa. what the hell is going and you on can tell the octopus looked pissed too it was one of those like massive red yeah. pacific octo- octopus octopi and uh, oh. it had a a huge bald eagle just totally ensnared in its in its tentacles and like if that fisherman hadn't intervened with their long pole like uh, that eagle was done for and so yeah. the the fisherman kind of like untangled all the tentacles and, and it got free but it was one of those things where I was like 
I don't ever want to think about that image ever again. <laughs> I kind of want to just go home and look it up. <laughs> just go on one of our Twitters. I responded, what the shit is happening? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's okay. some nature stuff right there. That's, right? Yeah. It's like the kind of thing that, do you know, um, mammal, what's that thing called? That like, there's like a, bra a bracket system and people uh, <clears throat> battle for which animal biologists do this on Twitter and they battle oh. for which am animal they think would um, win a battle, win a battle. Okay. Uh, and okay. they fight for their favorite ones. It's kind of like a nerdy uh, basketball. Yeah, it's like Mammal March basketball. Madness. Yeah, that's it. Oh, interesting. I don't know sports. Sorry. They used to do that like a legitimate, like not like this is illegitimate, but a legitimate version on uh, Animal <laughs> Planet. That they like had a show where it was like who would win uh, if you like had a shark and a crocodile yeah, be and, and the hippo always wins. Well, well hippos are fucking yeah. scary, yeah. man. Those animals are yeah, they're fucking no, thank you. Mean. Well, and that's like it, it's one of the only animals in a zoo where the zookeepers had to trim the teeth. That's why they're the always hippos. flat hippos mm. in um, in photos and, or uh, not photos, but drawings and stuff for kids and like kids stuffed animals. Their natural teeth are ginormous fangs like they're Ooh. sharp. They're not th that flat is because they're they have to be sawed off regularly because hmm. they're they will eat you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've killed more people in Africa than uh, poisonous snakes. Yeah. Like, you're more likely to die dangerous. by a hippo than not a hippo. It's, <laughs> Which it's, is like, what the fuck? I could see that, though, because, like, I think it's, like, a similar analogy for the Pacific Northwest area would be, like, you shouldn't be afraid of bears. You should be afraid of moose. Yes. Yes. Right. Like, you're like, oh, this cute creature, and, like, oh, oh, sh I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, like, you no, know, whereas... Because they could sit on you. Um, like they're just, no, they're, they're just very temperamental. Aggressive. Oh, I kind know. Of like but, yeah. but like, yeah. even if they weren't trying to ram you or run into your car or whatever, mm -hmm. like they could just like bump you. Yeah. And you'd be yeah. like, sorry, like, yeah. peace yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, they're so like, big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, the, they're the hippos of the uh, of uh, North America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is very true. I grew up in New England, and so it's still weird for me to remember which animals are here and not there. Mm. And, well, because I just moved back. But um, uh, for us, it was like, don't, don't accelerate when you see a moose mm -hmm. in front of your car versus with a deer it might be safer for you not to try to swerve. Gotcha. It's not safer if you if you try to just run into the moose and save yourself <laughs> and kill the moose, you oh, will both okay. die. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. You, you, yeah. you just like, let's go run into concrete Jersey barriers or something. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I, I don't have a lot of experience. Uh, well, they're good to avoid. <laughs> yeah. um. I just love the idea of a guy in your car, you both see a moose and he's like, Gun it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I don't think he's do oh. Take him down. <laughs> oh, man. When I um, used to live up in Alaska, there's this famous sign that keeps track of moose kill uh, in between Anchorage and um, <clears throat> the town that's to the north of it. I can't remember the name now, but they would have like just this warning to people that was kind of your cautionary tale of like 330 moose killed in this mile stretch this year. Wow. So you like drive through that and you're like, I really hope I don't hit a moose right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is um, it just by car? Just by car. Oh. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, That's they crazy. They tend to just do their thing. 
uh, like I used to commute from the lodge I was working at in between the cabin I was staying at. And there was a couple times every summer where I just had to like stop and sit for an hour because there would be a moose in between me and like where I was trying to get home. <laughs> I was like, well, all right, one of us is going to move and I need to sleep. So I guess I'll just sit here and like wait a hundred yards off until you decide Aww. that you all of a sudden don't want to be standing in the middle of the road anymore. That would be great. Yeah. So they don't respond to like all the things you do when there's a cow in the middle of the road. No. No, no. cows could... are like dogs. Oh yeah. I When I was at Chaco doing my field <laughs> Work. I yeah. just was like flashing my lights and honking and like one of them wouldn't go away so I had to drive around it but like everything's dirt road anyway so yeah. it's like not that bad but I just they were like I'm asleep never mind not asleep anymore slowly <laughs> yeah. walk away and so I assumed wrongly I guess that moose might not want to be in your way but I guess no they'll attack moose oh, don't good. give a damn yeah, they're, they're <laughs> aggressive aren't yeah. they I had some coworkers that wanted to go find some moose, meese, moosin. Moose. <laughs> I, I had a whole Thanksgiving about that, and it's moose. moose. It's not meese. It should be. I know it should be meese. It'd be better. But they wanted to go find some, like, see one in a park mm -hmm. in Anchorage, and we were starting to hear stories from the locals. They're like, "No, they're very aggressive. Like, if you're between." a mother and a calf like worst deaf. case scenario yeah you don't want that and they're like let's go see and i'm like no <laughs> i don't want to uh, <laughs> i'll just stick with the photos yeah yeah that's like where i grew up in eastern oregon people would feed the deer all the time and then oh, like dear you get the article in the paper which is like tourist stabbed by deer <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like, yeah don't do that <laughs> it is a wild animal like the Oh, God, all of those, yeah, all those stories about the buffalo the last few years. Jesus, people, yeah. man. Like, yeah. I don't... Keep the wild things know. wild. It's a large-ass mm -hmm. animal. Yeah. Right? I don't get the mental, like, thing that's like, got close to the big thing. Disney. No, that's exactly what it is. Like, yeah, I just don't get that, like, mental, like, it's big, go near it. Like, no, don't go fucking near it. Gotta get that selfie. Selfie, yeah. yeah. Like, God damn. Buffalo. Like, they're, they might, like, bison, or buffalo might be dumb, but, like, they, they'll fucking go at you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, just, no. Just, people, come on. Have you all seen that video of the moose fighting in like a oh. suburban neighborhood? Yes. yes. Have, yeah. have you seen Rappaport did a, the uh, voiceover? voiceover yeah. <laughs> that was so good. Fuck! Shit! Ma! 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 I didn't know that was a voiceover. I thought that was the original clip. Have you seen that video where? Oh, okay. It was perfectly entertaining. Yes. Several years ago, there was these two guys from Boston on a boat, and they see. I don't know if you've ever seen what a sunfish looks yeah. like. Yeah. They're big and flat like pancake. The like, actual fish? Yeah, like yeah. a sunfish. It's like a big and flat pancake thing. Yeah. Well, they had gone on a boat and off the coast. A sunfish had like come up and it was kind of like flopping and, and stuff. And this guy is filming and he goes, holy shit, Jay. Holy shit, Jay, it's a BB fucking whale. It's a BB fucking whale, Jay. Goes, I don't know, Jay, what is that thing? And this thing goes on for like 12 oh my fucking God. minutes of him, <laughs> him saying, Jay, it's a baby fucking whale. And then he goes, what is that thing, Jay? And it's just, he's freaking the fuck out about this 
sunfish and he's like we need to save it and then he goes back to being like what do we do and he goes back to it's a baby fucking whale <laughs> and so whenever Robert and I are like confused about something we always turn and we're like it's a baby fucking whale Jay <laughs> I'm always encouraged that the people from where I'm from seem so all the things that make us sound smart are the things that are really <laughs> attaching wicked, wicked smart. oh yes yeah mm-hmm. we like to park wicked. cars and all that yeah no uh, sunfish is like the only only thing you can catch if you learn to fish in a lake in New England. <laughs> and so uh, I've seen them, but I have never seen one that big. But it's also the name of the tiny sailboat that they use at camps throughout New England. So I was imagining that he saw a little boat. Maybe it's not a sunfish. <laughs> no, it's they like, get really big. Yeah, because it, yeah, yeah. it was, I think it was out at sea. I don't think it was yeah. in the, but. But yeah, it yeah. was just a large flat fish with tiny little arms. It was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And this great like, visual yeah. medium we're on right now. Like, right. Sides. It totally goes through the air. Here. Yeah. <laughs> they can they can imagine what we're saying. It's, oh, yeah. it's a big goofy thing that could be a baby whale it goes or like this. It's a sideways yeah. stingray. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know what freaks me out about those? What freaks me out the about those is they can't see by not they don't have binocular vision. A lot of fish, mm. yeah, and so it's like really freaky to think about. Like they have one eye facing exactly opposite the other eye, and what? How the hell do they process information? Yeah, <laughs> well, like any prey animal too, like bunnies <laughs> or deer. Yeah, mm-hmm. deer apparently weird. can't look up, and that's the whole thing with tree stands. Is yeah. Getting them oh. from above. Yeah, is it like the flea in the matchbox type thing, or deer just ca- literally can't look up? They can't look up. I don't think they like physically. Okay, they don't have up. the. Gotcha. Oh, they don't have the. I'm not. I don't know what a flea in the matchbox yeah, is. Exactly. Uh, tell me about this. So, like, if you're training a flea, you want the flea to jump far, but you don't want it to jump up. And so if you have the flea in a matchbox as it jumps around, it eventually acclimates. This is maybe this is veering into like old did, old doll tales yeah. or something. Did you, but like, did you train for the flea circus no, of the like, like early nineteen hundreds? I listen to a lot of TED Talks. Like, <laughs> you talk oh. about like theoretical versus actual limitation, like for the same reason that in the circus they would train elephants to eventually get to the point where you don't really need a wall for an elephant, you need a stake. Uh, because the elephant has acclimated to the concept that it can't break the rope. So similar with mm. fleas in the matchbox, they can't. They can only jump a certain height, but they can jump very far along, uh, like a y-axis or something. Uh, so huh. yeah, if you train fleas to jump, you put them in a, a, a short enclosure, but a long enclosure, and then you have your flea jumpers. I would be what? very scared to train fleas because how do you like how do you contain that shit? I, I have uh, no idea. They die. I'm, not, I'm not attempted it myself. <laughs> yeah. Fleas are from a historical Awful perspective, animals. you glue things to their bodies. Uh, in order for them to do various tricks. <laughs> and then you train them, and then you have someone who breeds fleas because they die after like 60 days or 90 mm. days. No. So, then, so you have to have a constant source of new fleas to glue jump but ropes to. how do you prevent them from infesting yeah. your house? I don't know, but there That's were my people question. who did international flea circuses back mm-hmm. in historic yeah. times, so they had to have a... I don't think they're as bad as dermestid beetles, where okay. they like get in the walls. Yeah, because they need someone with blood. Maybe like yeah, like the flea people would let them 
feed off them. Yeah. You want diseases? This is yeah, how you get diseases. Yeah, I, think, I, think you're, I think you're onto something. The historical nature to it would simply be, wow, there's fleas everywhere. We might as well just train some. You know? so <laughs> if you lose one or two, great, you've got more fleas. There were a lot of traveling weird things at that time as well. Like, That's true. Just imagine back then was, I mean, I, you'll have to check my historical timing here, but like, this was also when they sold medicines based on like this rich guy that you know said that it worked. We um, still do that. Let's well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but literally, <laughs> that yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, don't say that What's on Reddit. Loop? I got a I got a lot of down votes for saying like hmm, maybe don't Elon Musk <laughs> on Reddit once. But um, yeah, no, I uh, they had like literal like shows just for them to be like, look at the Hadakal, it works great. Mm. By the way, Hadakal still exists, but anyway, yeah. Totally. So I feel like <laughs> yeah. Flea Circus was a more amusing, less harmful version, maybe. Mm -hmm. It was like the Marvel Cinematic Universe of the uh, 1800s, I think, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is the precursor there to the Marvel universe. It's Ant-Man. Flea Circus, Flea Man. Cool. Mm. Something. Anyway, I don't follow very well. So. It's okay. Have you seen Ant Man? It's no. the fucking worst. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of the Tick. Is oh, it the Tick guy. The Tick guy. The Tick is, is thumbs tick up. Is okay. The Ant Man's thumbs down. <laughs> Ant Man and the Wasp. I, I saw that one. That was pretty good. I just kind of stopped after Ant's life. <laughs> oh, yes. Bugs Life. Yeah, that one. Well, there's oh, there's Bugs Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Bugs Life. Yeah, which came gotcha. At the same time, which, which is very was, confusing. Yes. It was confusing. There which which I was Jerry confused. Seinfeld. <laughs> That uh, was B movie, right? Oh. Yeah, that was. Have you ever seen <laughs> B movie? But every time, time they say the word B, it speeds up by ten percent. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> what? There's a YouTube video. It's B movie, but every time they say B, it speeds up ten percent. And so the whole movie takes something like eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen? Fucking Jerry Seinfeld, <laughs> fucking defend that movie. He still no. to this day thinks it's like a top-notch movie by Jerry Seinfeld. I'm like, dude, it's a fucking weird-ass movie. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. It seems like you want to fuck bees. It's real weird, dude. Like real weird. Well, like the bee falls in love with a human lady, and she's oh, like, I right. have no context. So. She's yeah. like, Oh, bee, I love you, and he's like, I'm a tiny bee, and it's like, No, what? Was it Seinfeld's like creation? Yeah, yeah. he he, oh, okay. he like wrote it and he started it, and he's like, Well, in bee movie, and you're like, Don't, dude, that's not a that's not a point of pride for you. Just, you just stick stick on the comedians and cars getting coffee. Yes. Yeah, stay in your lane. <laughs> like, he brings it up on comedians Literally. and cars. And oh, he's really? Like, oh, be in bee movie. Well, when we were doing B movies, I wonder, do you think Any he's like self-aware? Like that is the joke? Is that it's such a shitty movie? No, I hope so. No. <laughs> <laughs> Any any time, the director or it's someone famous, especially, but <clears throat> anyone directs and stars in a film, I think that's a really big <clears throat> red flag. Oh yeah. Because if you're acting and directing at the same time. Shit's gonna be bad. I'm getting the Mel, Mel Gibson like. vibe going on right now. <laughs> no, I'm so. Have you? Okay. <laughs> My partner really likes sh like bad movies, not just B movies, not the B movie. <laughs> <laughs> movies about There's more than one. <laughs> um, but just like really badly made, cheesy, like 
clicks. Okay. So have you heard of The Room? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so it's one of my favorite movies. <laughs> that's what I'm kind of referencing here. Like, yeah. That. I, I feel like the person himself is like at least fifty percent of why that movie is deranged. So <laughs> yes. Fun fact. It's awful. Oh he hey Mark. <laughs> no, no, no. You didn't do it. You're right. tearing oh. us apart. <laughs> I can't do the, the accent. So pardon me, but Oh hey Mark. <laughs> Mark. Oh hey Mark. That's it. that's that's the way it goes. Like that's the cat that's for me oh, that's hey, the Mark. so bad it's good category. Yeah. Oh my god. Like you overshoot crappy and you you land in so bad it's good. Yeah. <laughs> the movie just landed in, you know. <laughs> The, uh, the movie the theater across the street from my house had the room playing with Tommy, and Tommy was okay. I've never seen it before, so like I don't, I didn't care. But then I was like, wait a minute, I was like Tommy, Tommy Wiseau is coming. Oh, Tommy oh Wiseau, God. the guy who made this bucket basket movie, is going to be across the street from our house, and it was almost enough to make me go. So, so I could be like, it's because it's literally like if you walk out my front door. And you look to the yeah. right, you can see the movie. Theater. Oh, nice. Northwest yeah. Berlin. Fuck. <laughs> we'll cut that well, we'll Don't go to my house. <laughs> Sorry. That's when, we, when we do that on our show back, then we say, we'll edit that out. <laughs> yes. That, that will happen. <laughs> just, just put my voice over it going, ha! <laughs> <laughs> That'll be easy to do. I'll just like grab that clip and then move it over top of awesome. what you just said. Do you need it to be longer? My, ha! Try it again. Okay. Ha! So we got on this because one of you asked what's new. Oh, yeah. That was me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I brought up so, the cat, uh, so. Kate, what's new? Oh, oh uh, what's new? Hmm. I don't. I don't you know. I di- I well, four months ago, but yeah, that's. I moved yeah. across the country, uh, because yeah. I didn't want to live where I was living anymore, um, and so I am uh, trying to manage my house from three thousand miles away, which is a real fun experience, <laughs> um, and also uh, changing everything, like. Every mm. you don't realize how many logins you have to remember, even when you have a password manager, until you have to like tell different state governments about your health insurance and like all this weird stuff. So that's been a real eye-opening experience. Um, but it's been good to um, have friends around again, like all friends from college and stuff. Who that's why I moved here was there's more people in my field as well as friends that I've had a long time that live back here because I went to college at Western um, in Bellingham, Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nice. that's been good, but it's definitely a whole lot of adjustment and it takes a lot longer than I realized. So I'm in mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about my neighborhood now. I'm at the very like north end of Vancouver where you can kind of walk to downtown if you really wanted to but you're not in the like strip mall part yeah um because they're because everyone's in the suburbs they there's a lot of strip mall space Mm -hmm. um and so 
that's really cool because we have like a, a buy nothing group. I don't know if you guys are in any of those, but that's I've like the best. This, yeah, not here, but in uh, Eugene when I was down there a number of years ago. Yeah, I've been, I've like, that's where I mainly found people or things I needed or I'm like, yeah. oh, mm -hmm. does anyone have a splatter guard? Because I'm realizing if I try to cook, I got rid of the splatter guard I had before because it was so dirty and impossible to clean. I was like, I'm not carting this thing over to yeah. Washington <laughs> or Oregon or whatever. Um, and then someone like within a half an hour is like, yeah, I have two of those. I never use them. Come <laughs> on over and get it. So it's like, I, I don't have to buy anything if I don't want to, but yeah. It's like if Nextor was distilled into its useful component. You would, <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. yes. You would have buy nothing. Yeah. yeah. Except they, uh, people get in trouble a lot for at, like just like socializing on there. And then oh, the people, okay. they're oh. like, they're like, hey all, do you have any, like I wanted to know when trick or treating was so that I could be ready for people to be ringing my doorbell or knocking on my door or whatever and they're like sorry we had to delete your post because you're not allowed to ask for information oh because wow. the whole because well, yeah. the whole point is like if you ha it's trying to get you to be face to face with people and yeah. like even and there's safe drop-off locations if you need to that are actually just police stations but that's like a city thing but yeah. um <laughs> usually you just say like oh it's on my back porch i can't come out right now or whatever and then that's fine or yeah. or yeah. you or you meet at the grocery store or something yeah but um it's really like i need help fixing my lawn and i have a back pain or whatever actually there's a number of homeless people um who join it or who have just moved to the area who have given up everything in order to move and so that they've been asking for things so a lot of people will be like oh i'll go in my you know garage and look for stuff so mm -hmm. on thanksgiving i did something that embarrassed me greatly but i'm glad i did it which is we got our thanksgiving from chuck's produce which is like a a fancy grocery store kind of um and it saved my parents and i the frustration of yelling at each other while cooking in an apartment oh yeah <laughs> yeah and after they travel across the country and um i had a lot of food left and i was just like i'm just gonna put it all into like some containers mm -hmm. and i posted a picture of it on the group and like one lady sent me all these messages and was like my sister died last year and so we didn't feel like making thanksgiving and you could and i was like I'm very embarrassed because I don't want to have emotional connection to you, stranger. But I also am very glad you messaged me and I'm going to bring you this in person. It was like that weird, uh, I'm kind of... It's more like you're offering it, but you don't need to know why they're taking no, it. I mean, I'm, no, it. I'm very, like, I was very gratified that she said it, but yeah. also like... Uh, very emotionally overwhelmed by the idea and then like okay please take it so that i don't have to like cry or something okay. <laughs> person um that's just the charm of my personality it's okay <laughs> avoiding <cry>. emotions <laughs> but anyway so that was like a really cool thing and i really like that and i've noticed around here that's more of similar to the attitude that people have versus where i was living which a lot of people still are really have basically given up like the the discussion among people my age was like well you better get out of here before it's too late because you'll always come back and you'll give up and we all came back because we have nothing else to do with our lives or whatever which i didn't really believe but i needed a i needed a little bit of a refresher in my life yeah. <laughs> rather yeah. than being around a bunch of people who are like we all gave up get out you know yeah there's a so. certain amount of negativity that just 
festers if you're around it too much, no matter how positive right. you yeah. might be at heart. So it's yeah. nice to be in a space where people are like, yeah. And they're trying mm-hmm. things that they're interested in and make taking chances. And yeah, that's a nice change. So yeah. Good. anyway, <laughs> I like that. So that's going well. Yay! <laughs> the cats wish they had a yard, though. Mm-hmm. I need to find a yard for the cats. Are there any cat parks? <laughs> no. Sorry. I had to throw that out. No. There. I need to I need to there get one be. of those like duplexes or whatever where it's like mm. you get half the house of an old house that someone already paid off so they've yeah. got cheap rent. Sometimes those are weird. I Yeah, I know. Yeah, they had... have weird linoleum and shit. No, so <laughs> Oh, the last place before the house that I have now uh, that I lived was a great little place. We got cheap, so I'm not complaining, but the experience there was fascinating. Um, it was an old hippie couple that had acquired the house. I like, know this house of which you speak. You do? <laughs> was that you about? <laughs> so, or we've all experienced yes. such house. <laughs> um, so they lived upstairs and we lived in the downstairs. It was an upstairs, downstairs duplex that was built in the 20s. Wonderful little space. But they were an interesting couple of people and... I'll just leave it at like it's a sex thing, isn't it? No, no. Like, I was thinking it was gonna be. They didn't like, like to bring the garbage oh. down the stairs because they were narrow. I think from the upstairs to the downstairs, so they would throw it out the window. Whoa, <laughs> that's very eighteen hundreds of them. Yes, well, especially because the wife slash ex wife they were divorced but living together. Um, <laughs> Guthrie's like, really, I knew it. <laughs> uh, like to throw, when she'd empty out the refrigerator, all the jars would get tossed out the window and they would break on the on the side of the house, which was our kitchen window. Like I'd see jars like dropping and I'm like, what the hell's going on? The first time it occurred. And then after that, I'm like, all right, every like two or three months, it's just going to happen. Like, always wear shoes when you go outside to my daughter. Like, she was in elementary school at the time, so I'm like, you have to wear shoes outside, all the things. Hmm. But the front yard was very fascinating because they had, like, it was like (laughs) birdhouses and fairy twinkly things, lots of baubles and glass and frogs and little fairy houses and stuff so hmm. it was very identifiable it was also blue and purple the house itself nice so it was very very sweet very cute cozy lovely little house um and unfortunately the reason why we moved was um not entirely by choice but they were having some issues financially and health problems because they were getting into their 70s but they were really sweet nice people just a little off kilter which i'm like i guess yeah that's just old portland hmm. yeah best way i could put it i mean had nothing against them it was just odd ducks you you know you've stayed in that house when you end your description with like but the price was just so like the price was right Dude, I, well i'll it, put up with a lot for cheaper rent. exactly well when we left we were looking at other apartments and stuff in the in the neighborhood so my daughter could stay in the same school 
for a two bedroom that would take cats two or three so yeah it was several hundred dollars more than what we were paying um for where we were at and then to be like in a duplex basically a house like we were two houses down from the school it was just amazing for Mm -hmm. where we're at but Yes, I agree. There's there's a price component. Yeah. For this city to claim that it's pet friendly, to have uh-huh. the kind of pet crap that goes on in this city is mind boggling to me. Yeah. For the amount of people that I see with dogs and for the amount of <clears throat> the very little amount of apartments that will actually allow a dog to live there. Yeah. Blows my damn mind. Uh, yeah. The West Coast thing of like, you know how people say bless your heart? in the south well that's there's a lot to unpack here oh, is like the northwest way of being like oh bless your heart mm. <laughs> you know like, that's really true. there's a lot to unpack. i thought it was an anthropology thing <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah i wish i got a legit bless your heart in the south once and it really broke my heart i was like oh, i done fucked up <laughs> fucked up hard when they do that to you and they're like Bless your heart. Yeah. Damn it. I'm not who I thought. What did you do? I don't remember. It was something that I didn't think was very stupid, but it was... Usually in the South, I get scolded in grocery stores, and I don't know what it is about me or (laughs) grocery stores that I get scolded in, but I've had multiple occurrences in the grocery store in which I have been informed that I am not quite living up to HEB standards. (laughs) Do you not have enough fried food in your basket, or...? No, I think it's the way that I go about being in the grocery store that... It just annoy. I like. I, I want literally to experience don't know. you in a grocery store. Yeah. Well, one time I left my car, <laughs> and I left it kind of parked to the side, and then uh-huh. I walked off to go talk to my mom, and then I turned around and I realized it was like blocking a large part of oh. this shelf unit thing, and so I was like, "Oh shit!" So I went back. But it's out out of the walkway. No, it was it was in the. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, like that was kind of a dick move. But I went over, and there was an old man trying to like reach around it, and I went, "Oh, I'm so sorry, sir." And he goes, looks at me, and he goes, "Yeah." Woman drivers. Oh, and, then, oh shit. and so then I, of course, being me, I was like, "Excuse me!" And then my mom was like, "No, please, I live here. Please don't get engaged. Don't engage." But like, it that happens to me all the time in HUB. I am constantly getting scolded in the HUB, and maybe because it's just I'm like not paying attention. You're just rocking and just, their world in like, like little floaty realm, but they're always like, like. Damn you! <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe someone should follow me around a grocery store and be like, "Yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> you're the worst." He is chaos tour of H E B. Do you do you ever have the old lady who's who's coming up to you to make sure that like they're pulling your dress down because I think it's stuck? That's my favorite thing about being a woman who wears like leggings. Oh, no. and, and especially if you're wearing a skirt and it gets like tucked in then random strange women will come up and whisper in your ear while they pull on your skirt from behind and you're like you should tell me before you start touching my ass yeah. oh dear oh I dear not, that, yeah i don't know why that happens so often to me but even if i'm not like actually in a fashion problem like i'm just wearing things that they don't think should be clothes I guess like what I'm currently wearing is a sweatshirt as a shirt and leggings that were not manufactured to be pants. <laughs> and they're like, she must have a problem that I need to pull on her clothes. I have not had that. My least favorite is um, when male servers 
come up behind you and then place their arm, their hand on your back to inform you about something. Mm-hmm. And like one, I'm I'm not a person that enjoys like just random touching. It freaks me out. I feel like most people are that way. And yeah. I also get really freaked out if when people come up behind me. Like at the office, I'm constantly getting like scared. So that's just. But also like, <laughs> dear dude. Do not touch women. You do not know on the back when they don't know you're coming because mm-hmm. fuck you and it's terrifying. Yeah. I think people learned at some point to do that because my mom was a bartender for a long time and she got in the habit of doing that back touch or elbow hmm. to be like, I want your attention and it's, I don't want to freak you out, which doesn't work. Hmm. <laughs> it, and. Hmm. Like to it just inform, like you know, mm-hmm. attention, whatever, without feeling obtrusive. Mm. Um, if they can't hear you, yeah, it, it may be loud or something. It's so like not. That's not. It's so counterintuitive though, because like if if you look at training videos for like how like I know here in the Pacific Northwest, um, like especially with interacting with people, getting within like basically like flinging distance is what you don't want to do so yeah. if you're like trying yeah. to get somebody's attention you start with like a loud sharp like acknowledgement or something like that and then if you get yeah. no reply you you know figure out what to do from there but, like <laughs> getting that close to somebody's personal space is like the last thing you're taught to do yeah at least i don't know around or for what i've experienced yeah um, chris what do you do as a bartender former bartender i do what guthrie described um <laughs> Usually you're not close enough to someone to, and also like the, the in flinging distance is, is important because you might like, if you're reaching in to serve someone more, you don't want them to make a sudden move and then result in breaking a glass or spilling the beverage or whatever. Uh, same with food, you know, it's like, it's generally best to like, if you are the one serving, you don't want that person to touch the plate as you're moving it to their, their spot on the table in front of them. You, you want them to let you put the plate all the way down. And so this is kind of one of those things is like avoiding touch is is usually best, but getting some kind of like acknowledgement that like, Hey, I'm, I'm on my way in. Um, and like <laughs> coming in, <laughs> coming in hot, buddy. Um, don't touch the plate. But yeah, like I think that that's a, an important, you know, that kind of opens the door to like an important discussion that like applies in anybody's workplace or really anybody's life anywhere is mm-hmm. like um, consent over just basic touch. And I think normalizing consent over like casual touch, like, mm-hmm can really go a long way to doing a lot of good things elsewhere. Like it's like, like Kate, for example, I know is not a hugger. I'm a hugger. I like to hug, but I know not to hug her. Uh, but it's one of those things like, yeah. And it's one of those things that it's like, it's never been like a weird point. At least I hope it's never no. been weird. Yeah. So it's like, uh, Artie does not ask consent. No, Artie's it's a dog. <laughs> Artie's coming in hot. Um, but yeah, so it's like just just ask, you know, like yeah. what's what's the worst they'll say? Like, no, I really don't want to hug or like no, I don't want to shake your hand and, and just like read the cues too. It's like mm-hmm. if someone's reaching out to shake your hand and you don't want to have your hand shaked, you can just like, I don't know, hey, bye. It was nice meeting you, yeah. you know, like or go for the like in between fist bump. But then you get like <laughs> Turkey. Oh, <laughs> I haven't gotten turkey. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll rethink that one. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely had like a seventy uh, something year old coworker um, 
and I worked at a gym for several years with him and pretty much everyone else there was a young woman and the the repeated conversations about like hey I'd really like it if you don't come and rub my shoulders when I'm talking to someone like yeah. slap my butt and other things like that Jesus. like and then he would go on spirals about like I just don't understand like everyone used to find this like charming and now mm. it's not like I you just don't <laughs> yeah exactly my wife doesn't mind was one thing he said and I'm it's like your, your wife. wife is your wife um but furthermore it was just like um it was like so disappointing to watch and hear it, it wasn't so simple as like oh sorry yeah mm. didn't mean yeah. to working on it it was like it just hurts me so much that everyone takes it the wrong way. And I was like, I Times can, change yeah. if you're in your yeah. 70s yeah. and things are changing. That's because you're, yeah. it's you're old. Like, that's what I think about that from on occasion is like, what will be faux pas like when I am in my 70s or 80s? Like, what mm -hmm. will I be thinking is like a normative viewpoint in the world that really isn't that way anymore? And mm -hmm. so like, I think the only thing I bring with me into that thought is like I hope I'll be open enough to changing my behavior to yeah. try to like reconcile that because I'm sure there will be things that are like so normative about what we do even today that are just like incredibly antiquated uh like later on in life yeah yeah and like you're saying um Kate with it's nice to know when there are those old white men yeah. who do may do something and then realize or are told that it's inappropriate and they apologize and try and change that behavior yes that is like cool you may have like crossed a line but you are open and willing to changing that into self-improvement knowing that times change and i would think at that age you would be like oh yeah i've experienced things changing over time yeah i mean even in my Maybe 20s i have a friend who transitioned um to he's a man but was living as a woman and um it, it took some practice to get his name right mm -hmm. um and there was a period where his pronouns were you know non-binary and so it just takes some practice and a lot of like when you freak out not asking for forgiveness and lots of labor from them i hate to use like all this millennial language everyone rolls their eyes at but it's mm -hmm. true yeah <laughs> uh I work with a lot of older people, so it's oh, <laughs> I'm also okay. hyper aware of that. But gotcha. um, yeah, I don't want to be like, I'm so sorry. Can you tell me I'm a good person still? Like, it's more like, OK, yeah. moving forward, totally. uh, you know, yeah. don't don't yeah. worry everyone with my shame. Just keep trying and get it right eventually. Yeah. And now it's like it's like, oh, I forgot there was a time that their name was this or whatever, mm -hmm. yeah. like. And they forgot that I knew them at that time. And I was like, I must be doing something right. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it took a lot of messing up to get there. But it, yeah. if you respect someone, then you make an effort. <laughs> yeah, it, I guess. I think you're totally right about that in the respect base, like especially switching pronouns or such. It It's like you roll with the like in, intention, I guess, that each person is making their best effort. Mm -hmm. And so even if you call somebody um by like a former noun or pronoun like it's the acknowledgement of like yep oh i totally slipped up but like i'm still trying the next time and i'm trying every next time until it's not 
yeah taxing to do so or like an effort or like a changing of the way you think it's more just it's become the new normal yes and and like for folks i think that my my like thing that i get frustrated about is folks who can change their mind like so easily about this thing or that thing but then like the buck stops at at pronouns or nouns and you're just like you you know like you learned how to drive stick and then you learned how to drive automatic and like you were this way about your politics and then you're this way about yeah. your politics but then like you're telling me that you can't just honor somebody's uh i guess like request or or preference to be called a certain thing like you'd change your name for me but if i'm or like you'd change the way you call me if i changed my pronoun but you wouldn't do it for this other person like yeah, just that double standard or yeah. the, the failure to recognize that we can be flexible. Uh, mm-hmm. We just need to choose to be flexible in certain ways, if even if it's difficult, because yeah. ultimately it's a it's a good faith effort. And I found that it's easier to just play it safe, too. Like, um, it's so easy to use they, them. Yeah. And there's no harm in it. Mm-mm. You know, like, that's the least harm you can do is is to say they, them. And like like you said, like, people will, will bend over backwards to make any sort of accommodation for other things. But when it comes to pronouns, like some people get really caught up on that. And it's funny when you hear the way people use they in normal speak, they can use it for like the government. They'll be like, oh, they are doing such and such, you know, yeah. like it's, it's not, have you seen what they're doing? It's, it's like, they is such an easy word to use. Yeah, so they, it's, them is pretty, it's not far outside of normal usage. Yeah. Like prior to the whole, um, <clears throat> pronoun bit being more publicly um discussed because yeah i remember actually being um reprimanded in high school for using they them when talking about a singular but it was like in my mind it was the american version of saying one should blah 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 like like it's the colloquial yeah like it's it's sort of a generalized not um non-gendered Whereas, like, in the UK, one is still used. Like, one should, Hmm. like, wash their hair. Say, like, well, they should wash their hair. And Mm -hmm. I don't know why that was my random example, but... You're good. Well, it's like (laughs) talking about change in society. Like, we're all figuring this out in flight. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I hate to, like, my linguistic anthropology is coming in with, like, language and stuff. How is it working in languages that are very heavily, they'll... Uh, like in French, you know, mm-hmm. something's masculine or mm-hmm. feminine. Mm. And when you're trying to remove that, how are they they handling that I, kind of separation? That is out a of good the gender question. I know Spanish is a similar sort of gendered yeah. language, and a lot of things have gender, but not in the same way that we think of as gender. Like yeah. gender is like it's just a way of saying things. So I think in some ways it might be even more flexible. Because it's not as closely assigned to what we think of as gender, if that makes sense. Like, a beer can might be, say, masculine or feminine in the language, but that doesn't mean that this is only for use by women if right. it's a feminine. it's not associated with that yes. gender in a sense. It's not gendered but... in that way. So I think mm. in, in some ways it might be easier for the language to transition that way in a linguistic sense but i the culture can vary of course um yeah it also would be difficult like if you don't when you're talking about possessives and stuff in a Mm -hmm. sentence i'm trying i'm thinking like in a grammatical sense 
I can understand how some people might think it was harder because they might have to change multiple words in the sentence because they're possessive of the person and which end of the spectrum would they choose mm-hmm. would they choose to just leave it with whatever the um that object is naturally assigned or adjust it um mm. I don't I'm not describing this in proper terms but <laughs> I wonder I'm curious how that debate is like playing out because like I yeah. see what you're saying and then I also can see the people who are resistant saying it's much harder for us and I can't yeah. do it you know well also that this may or may not be a priority in those cultures right. as well some cultures have it sort of built in already so that's it may be less of an issue um so who knows yeah. Uh, except for people who are in those cultures, which I am not. But hmm. if you yeah. have input, it would be interesting to hear. So anyone who's listening, um, uh, who's multicultural or familiar with um, another culture in that process, it would be fascinating to hear how that's, um, if it is something that is uh, a conversation being had, um, how that how that is uh, playing out. Um, yeah, hit us up. Uh, so my boyfriend is Filipino and, mm-hmm. or, and his family is from the Philippines. Um, and he was saying uh, from a Filipino cultural perspective, he's like, I don't really get why people have such a hard time with under like understanding uh, a no gender <clears throat> or like people transitioning. Cause there is a, like for being a like Uber Catholic country, they have a lot of transgender people who live there and so to just like instead of just having a problem they just call everyone ma'am sir mm. they're like would you like a drink ma'am sir like and it's like it doesn't even matter if you look one way or another they just solidly use it because they have such a high population of people there and he was like it wasn't even like a thing it was just mm-hmm. everyone was like we're really sick and tired of being like ma'am and the dude's like i'm sir and then it's like fine whatever ma'am sir like i covered all my bases <laughs> <laughs> we're good to go that's and interesting he's like it's not even something that's like really considered for being an extremely catholic country so thank you spain spain yeah, yeah. <laughs> spain <laughs> <laughs> but he's always remarked that like he's like for a country that's like you know has that religious background that is very anti-change very anti-understanding anything to be like super okay Mm -hmm. with transitioning and just like yeah i just don't want to have this problem anymore so we're just gonna do the smoosh word do you do you know like around when that happened by chance um no i don't i'm trying to think of like culturally how that would have probably come about and I would say probably it just sort of was always sort of there and they just kind of changed the words over time. <laughs> um, but yeah, because he was saying it's just like not a big deal. Yeah. Even rem- But I have no idea when it actually started. That'd be an interesting question to see. Yeah, because in my head, this is from my understanding of history, it would make sense, and this is totally conjecture, so I have no idea if this is actually correct or anything, but... Um, with the history of the Philippines and the way that Spanish and Spanish culture 
and the Catholic Church was imposed on Philippine culture that may have been a holdout of the indigenous culture there. Because I know a lot of the Pacific Islands, granted the Philippines are not quite Pacific Islands, but there's a lot of relatedness in there, um, that there's a lot more gender variety, one might say. Um, and I think specifically of like Hawaii, Samoa, Fiji, that's, those are like out in the Pacific. The Philippines is pretty close to South Asia. Um, so I don't know how that articulates as far as culture wise, but that would be a thought that comes to mind that might make sense as well. Well, it's hmm. super interesting because the Philippines <clears throat> was first conquered or colonized by Spain, mm-hmm. but then the U.S. took it from Spain yeah. and then... But that cultural thing stayed. And the the U.S., I would consider, would probably be one of a culture that is very anti that. That, like, it's like, no, you're a box on the left or a box on the right. We have no other boxes. Mm -hmm. Like, choose your box. And that it's interesting that through multiple colonizations that they were like, yeah, no. That's no. That's just what we. It's easier this way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like it's like the sense I'm getting is it's almost a fact. The conversation which can be so like uh wrought with like strife here in the u.s has like already been had but at some other point is what it sounds like yeah. mm-hmm. uh like when i address multiple people i'll usually default to folks because mm-hmm. folks is kind of like not super gendered but it does imply like more than one person mm-hmm. uh and then like like if you were just like hi boy girl or something like that like sweet i've covered theoretically my bases but then you don't in the current context account for um like other identifications in that so it's like we're stumbling within the like i I view language as like constantly evolving and there's some things that are static for periods of time but then Mm -hmm. move very quickly and like we're kind of in the throes of that uh discussion right now yeah like it'll be interesting uh what it looks like in 30 years or something like that yeah totally i actually had a conversation with my daughter about language which she was fascinated she is fascinated with um And just some of it's going back to like how even just how things are spelled in the English language, some words are weird. And I'm like, you know, it just goes back to at some point about 300 years ago, we decided that it needed to be standardized. And as the language has changed, the spellings have not. Mm. Um, So there is some stagnation in some things, but it's always, always changing and in flux. And Mm -hmm. I think people forget that. Or just never knew um, yeah. but even from generation to generation like reading a book that's 150 years old can be challenging for some people yeah like Beowulf I mean oh. it's well that's it's that's a different like, language yeah, 1200 <laughs> years ago like yeah get my encyclopedia <laughs> it I, I do like the evolving nature of language um, like I do web development as sort of my day job and I read a book it was very refreshing when it started out you like a lot of people thank uh you know the people that helped them them with the book and that sort of thing but this book started out by actually thanking every non-english speaker for having to learn english to learn how to program for most of the like references that are out there um because if you think of like the domination of culture through language english yeah far and above wins that prize at least at this point in like the world history uh but they were spelling with w-u-n as one 
and that was an effort to make like some of those English gotchas less uh, pernicious within folks who might huh. not be speaking English as a first language. Yeah. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. So I was like, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're about out of time. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the same. This was a really good catch up um, with, you know, the the foursome that's normally here, plus Kate and Guthrie and uh, a fitting goodbye to the Airstream. Yeah. We didn't talk about archaeology at all. Yeah, I was going to say. Which is kind of funny. Cats is <laughs> Come for the archaeology, stay for the cats. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm sure. Uh... <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure uh, anybody can extrapolate or make some abstractions and be like, hey, this um, applies to something mm -hmm. I'm going through in my personal life or have studied, um, you know, especially like you know, the changes of language, the changes of uh, material culture as someone <laughs> ages. Uh, <laughs> and also like we're in this aging airstream. I don't really know anything about this, this thing, um, but it's no. it's old. And it's fabulous and leaking apparently. It's leaking a little bit. It's it has not a much. lot of vintage ephemera. That's yeah. that's the Portland spirit. Yeah. Yes, I like the Native American head. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's a thing. <laughs> but like Kirsten said earlier, you know, it's it's like we've been her and I have been in this thing for like two years, maybe more. Yeah. And there are these familiar little things that we kind of like our eyes drift to as we talk and you know, it becomes familiar, but then mm. at the same time we're watching it change. And, you know, it, it almost feels like a site formation process. Like when you think about things that are breaking, things that are leaking, <laughs> um, and you know, how much longer this thing actually has, like the use life of different components on this thing. Um, it may and, just need some loving maintenance. It is an, an airstream. I mean, these things true. last for a long time, yeah. but. New interior. Uh, no wallpaper. No. <laughs> no, that's how you seal everything. <laughs> Can you seal it from the outside? I think it. No, yeah. yeah. How would you? You don't want to mess with that shiny aluminum. No, it's a gorgeous trailer. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, so I hope that uh, the folks who own it and you know give it a good life for the rest of its life. Um, I don't really know what's going on with Stream PDX, but I'm very thankful for everything that they've done to, you know, like Guthrie said, provide a really great space for different people to come together and share ideas and mm -hmm. uh, kind of build a community out of this. And, uh, you know, we'll be parting ways and, and doing new things and um, go dig a hole. We'll probably go through some changes in the new space. And it's funny how like the, the space, like, I have all this like, you know, kind of anxiety and anticipation over what the new space is going to be. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I'm like, you know, what what's it going to do to our show? Like, what's it going to do to our vibe? And like, I feel like we just kind of settled into a vibe too. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's good dinner table conversation. Yeah. Piece on this vintage. What is this Formica? Yeah, it's a nineteen fifties. My, I literally had this table yeah, growing up. Oh wow, this was our kitchen yeah. table. <clears throat> It apparently had a leaf at one point too. It does, it, which is now its so is it cable ever? space. Yeah, it used it's to have a. It's a fold-out one where you pull it and it goes. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, nice. If like super high production podcasting was as to NPR, this would be as to Tiny Desk. Well said. <laughs> yes. So uh, I guess as we say goodbye. Um, 
where can people find you? I guess Guthrie, you start off because because you're with uh, the Sprocket Podcast. Where can people find the Sprocket Podcast and follow, uh, you know, follow your news? Yeah, um, you can find us wherever wherever podcasts air. We are the Sprocket Podcast, or simply thesprocketpodcast.com. Very nice. Nice. And I'll do a plug for my neighboring uh, podcast and blog, um, the Women in Archaeology podcast. So also found wherever podcasts um, can be found and at thewomeninarchaeology.com. And uh, go dig a hole. Um, Go for it, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And so if you stumbled upon this podcast and don't know where to find it, just look for go dig a hole uh and we're on all the social media um all of us manage the facebook page so uh we'll you know find whatever you say through there so watch what you say um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah get in touch with us through there uh, is probably the best way um uh but if you uh you know find us through instagram or twitter that's also pretty active um but different flavors on each platform and um yeah so uh i'm not sure when we'll record next it's, it's going to depend on kind of the the schedule at, at x-ray and how that shapes up but um you know it's not the end of go to go hole it's just a different direction yeah different venue yeah different flavor how about you all uh kate probably Twitter it's probably the place to look for me on uh pre-cat lady is my name on there (laughs) it predates when I was going to use Twitter for archaeology and then I used it at a conference and I got a hundred followers and thought I can't get a hundred followers ever again so I better just stick with it (laughs) if you look at how many I have now it's I mean it's not that many but uh I probably should have (laughs) <laughs> changed it but no one forgets me at conferences so pre-cat lady hopefully easy to remember look on twitter yeah. um yeah kind of like what chris was saying we all manage go dig a hole so kind of checking those comments i am reading them sorry i'm not saying anything <laughs> on them but i do see them so if you want to say something i'll see it um other than that personally i'm on instagram but I'm not giving out my handle because it's very boring and (laughs) that's about it. Uh, Yeah, Uh, go dig a hole. Um, I don't do the Twitter and my personal Instagram is not something that I want a broader audience (laughs) to participate in. Hence the reason I don't have a Twitter. I'm not witty enough to have a broader oh. audience. <laughs> so uh, you're wittier than you think. Yeah. I, I'm good in, in in so like situations like this. You put me in front of a computer and I'm like, hey, have you seen tables? And people are like, that's boring. <laughs> but yeah, so go dig a hole. Cool. Nice. And I guess like because I forgot to plug of social media and you can relocate this later um you can find women in archaeology on twitter at women archies and um we do not have an instagram currently our biggest biggest thing is twitter facebook kind of went away and um our website so and if you would like to email us um, we're always looking for new guests, both. Uh, so we do a lot of, as I mentioned before, remote um, podcasting at uh, on the Women in Archaeology podcast. And that is 
you can email us if you're interested at womeninarchaeology at gmail.com. Um, but right now, with the the airstream, it's mostly been in person, but that might change. So we'll yeah. we'll see if you're interested in hanging out with us via whatever avenue you have available. We can explore what our options are for go dig a hole. Yeah.